You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Tanya Pinkins. Welcome back for part two of my conversation with Katori Hall. If you're enjoying please visit me at bpn forward slash you can't say that. I've been in, in the sand. My head been in the sand. Right. So let's talk about Tina. Tina. Rolling. Rolling. I don't know how she ever kept up that much internet. That's some energy too, Miss Tina and Miss Adrian Warren. Just I don't know killing it. how she does just moving it. and just like oof. I don't know how she does it. She's amazing. She is phenomenal. So blessed. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how we even um, how she even became part of the project. I remember I had written the first draft, um, had kind of reconstructed everything, and we're, we did a roundtable at um, Stage Entertainment the company that ended up producing it. And um, I had seen her in Shuffle Along. Or, right, you know, I don't even know if I had seen her in Shuffle Along yet. But someone was like, you should, you know, bring Adrian Warren in. I was like, okay. Hunty, she came in 10 a.m. Hunty, their throat at 10 a.m. was on fire. It was crazy. And we didn't say, oh, learn the Tina songs, you know, and we were just going to read the book, right? She came in. She knew Private Dancer. We, we was ready for rolling on the river. Oh it God. was like, I was like, so we ain't got to have auditions right for this part, <laughs> right? Right. It was crazy. And I think when people see Adrian, they're like, oh, she's kind of tiny. Like, can't you, you know, really play Tina? Like, there's a, a meatiness about Tina. And, you know, Tina's very wide in the world. But, like, you know, she's just such a great actress. And... What's beautiful about Adrian is that there's dramaturgy even with how she puts together the voice of Tina over mm-hmm. the course of the the night, mm-hmm. where she kind of begins in a like I wouldn't say genteel place, but you know kind of like solid. And there's a wail in her voice, but she just like adds the rasp, and then she adds the this particular vibrato, and then she it's crazy. And so you actually see Tina Turner forming Mm -hmm. in front of your very eyes by just the way that she approaches vocal technique. Um, it's funny, obviously I I follow her on, um, Instagram and she actually can mimic a lot of, you know, styles. Like she does her, her Britney Spears. Wow. Yeah. She has a really good Britney Spears. Like you turn your head and you're like, wait a minute. And you're like, oh my God, it's Adrian. Like just a phenomenal talent. Wow! Yeah, she, no, she's amazing. Yeah, amazing. She's amazing. amazing. And then I, I went. I obviously, went to see Shuffle Along after I uh, heard that 10 a.m. throat, and I was like, "Wow, she she can kind of do anything." She's she, so I mean, versatile. I thought she was amazing in Shuffle Along, and if you yeah. saw Shuffle Along 
early, mm. she played two different characters mm -hmm. who were, you saw it early, so when she had those two different characters, because by the end, she only had that one character. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Why'd yeah. they do that? You know, story, I don't know, but oh. and she played just wildly different characters. Wildly. That was amazing. Her range. Yeah. She can do anything. Yeah, she really can. So I'm so excited about her future. And like, Tina's big, right? What's happening in her life right now with that show is just monumental. Like For who? For Adrian. Okay. In terms, of, in terms of just like, you know, the press and like you're seeing her on Colbert now. But I'm like, this is just the beginning for you. Like, I cannot wait to see what else. Like, you will do a bigger part than this. Even though this is a big part. But what you have inside of you. Mm. Who's, wow. gonna, who's bigger than Tina? Come on. I'm just mm. saying in terms of there's something. I'm thinking, is it Beyonce? <laughs> she gonna play Beyonce. Mm, Beyonce know. probably ain't even bigger than Tina. Yeah, I no, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I just I don't know who else there. Who's bigger? Like what's bigger? What I mean by that is you know, because theater is transient, right? Like that, that finding something that can expand your capacity becomes yeah. the challenge for you as an artist. Like mm. after you've been this big, like what else? What can else can you, can do, you that, do? Like everything else is too small. It's interesting. I was yeah. um, reading an interview she just did. Um, she's interested in, in directing and producing. And I'm like, well, that is being bigger. Right. Exactly. Way. Yeah. Right. So Expanding into other areas. Because yeah. I think that, that, that there's that thing that you get to be that big. And certainly for me, that's why I'm writing and directing because mm -hmm. it's like, okay, what, what, what more can yeah. I do as an actress that I haven't already done in 40 years, you yeah. know? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I so what that. else have you got coming up? What's next? What else do I got coming? Up. More oh, babies? No. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, husband, mm -mm, get out of there. <laughs> um, what I got next? Oh, I have a play um, at uh, the Signature Theater where we first met right. and worked together um, on Hurt Village. I'm uh, doing a new play called The Hot Wing King. Is that still part of your um, Mem residency? I, it's, yes, part of my residency. My five-year residency, which is taking me eight years to finish. <laughs> okay. Because of them babies. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I just started reworking certain sections. We did, like, uh, we just finished auditions, and it's, I'm so proud of the play, and I'm so excited to get into the rehearsal room again and, and to be back in theater and, and not, like, you know, commercial theater is, is its own kind of beast, but to just be in a room where it's just all about the words and all about, you know, like, the community and just making everything um, sing where like you have complete and total control. Like it's not about, you know, producers whispering in your ear, like change this, change that. It's you, particularly at that theater where it's a writer's theater. So let's talk about that residency. Cause mm -hmm. I know that there's <clears throat> challenges to that residency. Yes. Like you, you get locked in and you have a contract and you get health insurance, but then you can't do other work. It's interesting. So I feel as though, I probably got the the short end of the stick on that compared to other playwrights. And what I mean by that is I got in around 2011, 2012. And so um, I had only done, I had only produced one other play in New York by that time. And so because I locked myself into signature, I wasn't able to kind of spread my plays around <clears throat> versus someone like Dominique or 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 Brandon who Well, I think Brandon felt the same way. Really? That's in, well, I, it's funny. You think the grass is greener on the other side. Right. So no, no, no. Ooh. For him it was like because yeah. he wanted to, to do my mother courage and they mm -hmm. wouldn't let him out. Even to do an adaptation. 
Oh, that's crazy. They wouldn't let him out. They would allow him to do Was Jim alive then? Jim was alive, and they would not let him do, I mean, Jim was not well, but they would not let him do an adaptation because of his signature residency. Because, I I mean, I had fights about, you know, certain um, pieces that I wanted done, and because I was like, you ain't going to do them, so, you know, if if you don't do it, then who's going to do it? Right. That you should let other people do it if if, if you pass on a play, so right? To speak. And the, and the fact is, during that five years when you're getting produced, that's when everybody wants to see you when you're hot. And by the time the five years are up, there's a new crop coming in. So like you know, in. yeah, it, it, it's a great thing to have that security. But at the same time, it's the window when the opportunities are are big for you. Yeah, but I will say. I haven't really worked at that many theaters, so I really can't speak too much to this, but I just don't know who, where, as a writer, you have that much support and, and control over your work. Um, I've, I've had readings at the public, and, you know, y- you get these ream of notes, or you don't get any notes at all, <laughs> which is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Um, you know, I've had readings at Atlantic, you know, and there's always, I think when you have a reading or developmental reading at a space, there's this expectation that you need to change your play for that space. Mm. And Signature is so anti that they're like, your play is your play. I would ask for notes. I'm like, Jim, give me notes. Oh, you just need to use your play. Like you are so in control of your process. You're in control of how it's marketed. You're in control of how it's talked about. Like they, they are constantly <laughs> pulling you into being like, damn, do I need to be at this meeting? Shit, <laughs> do I need to be at the set design meeting? I'm like, actually, I do. And you know, I think it's 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 very empowering for uh, a playwright to be able to just be um, asked, you know, your opinion on things that you think you shouldn't have an opinion about, but you actually do because it is the the work is emanating from you. And I actually think. Working at a place like Signature can prepare you to become a showrunner for a TV show mm-hmm. because of all those meetings that you are in and because everything, you you gain the confidence to be your own spokesperson for your own work. Mm-hmm. So so how did you navigate Tina? Because that's a play in New York and you're still under a residency. <laughs> <laughs> so my very smart agent at the time, Olivier Sultan, um, basically put in my contract, if it's a commercial production, you guys can't touch it. Got it. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. Good foresight. Good, very good foresight. <laughs> he was like, anything commercial? Nah, baby. Cause, and, and I also think Jim and the theater at the time kind of understood, like, there's just such a difference. Like, I think about the amount of money that I made on Our Lady of Cabello. It was $16,000, right? I don't even know how much money I made off of Tina because I ain't had time to count it all. Okay. So okay. we like that. <laughs> we love that. Okay, and we love that. We love that having children being fed. We love yes. having, uh, possibly you know an a legacy, a legacy, annuity. Absolutely. So and and that's the that's the dance you have to to do when you're you, you know I think off Broadway is um, probably the place where the the most pure if you can say that put that in air quotes um form of theater is being done but then I, I do think you can get satisfaction and artistic satisfaction on the commercial on the great white way i do think you can you just have to find the right producers yeah so so you're gonna tell us what's next um after the play there was after something the play, else oh, that you were like after the play oh you, uh, i'm going to try to um chill the fuck out okay. because I have been producing like a crazy person. I 
I am so full and I am so passionate about, you know, storytelling. Mm-hmm. But I do, I think George Wolf said something interesting. He was like, you need time to be stupid. Mm-hmm. You just need time to be in your house to, you know, look at the Kardashians if you fucking want to. You just mm-hmm. need to be able to do it. Mm. <laughs> so that your mind can start connecting newer ideas and connecting it to, you know, things that you've always wanted to say, but you haven't found the right story. Like you, I think as writers, as, as creators, we're always creating and that time to just kind of sit back and, and incubate things. Yeah, synthesis happens and things synthesis, start configuring exactly. in different ways that they couldn't if you were working all the time. Exactly. This is the question I wanted to ask you. Mm. You're a powerful woman, strong, talented. You've got a husband. I do. Uh, I failed how, at that. How am I doing exactly. that? Exactly. I failed at that. Did you think it's because he's not American? No, I think it's because there's lots of sex. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let my mama hear this. I wish that sex was the only thing you needed. I know. I, love I, I is not enough. lots of sex. That's love is not enough. For me. Sex is not enough. <laughs> I feel as though... There is great understanding and empathy. He is just a very special person. Um, whether I found him in Uganda, Antarctica, on the moon, he is a special person. And I feel so blessed that I have had such a support in him. Um, I know that it's rare, and so I do not take it for But what about before him? I was you know, I was out here in these streets, you know, doing <laughs> things and... No, trying no, to figure saying, out. Did you ever have challenges with men having a problem with the fact that you're so powerful? And I you're think so. so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What was that like? Especially because I was always dating actors who wanted oh. who wanted roles in my oh. show, and then they would get mad when I wouldn't cast them because they weren't good enough. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so horrible. Oh yeah. They show remain nameless. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I kept imagining maybe it's a European man. Maybe European men or no. African men are accustomed to I don't powerful think that's... women in a way. Because he has grown up with a lot of powerful women in his life. And so I think um having seen that and, and honoring that probably does allow him to love someone who um, you know, can be selfish sometimes because unfortunately I have to be in right. order to do all the things that I have to do. How do you schedule that day? I mean, you've got a lot going on. Um, I have a really great assistant, um, my dear Ian, and learning how to say no. Okay. Yeah. I only do things I want to do. Well, thank you for saying yes to I me. Because I wanted that. I'm so glad. No, I, I have such I love admiration you. for your talent. and I have admiration for you. So. I've read, I think, probably nine of your plays. Oh, wow. All of them haven't been produced, though, right? No, all of them have not been yeah, produced. Yeah, I mean, there's just yeah. more plays that have been sitting there they're that there's still there. time and space for there's them to be time. produced. I, it's funny. I actually think, and that was kind of part of my ploy to go into TV, um, because if you can kind of make it in that space... Then theater really is like, okay, what what you got, what you got, what you got? And also, you know, the residency is ending. And not to say that I won't ever produce anything else at Signature, but, you know, I'm being released into into the wilds of of New York City. And so I'll be able to hopefully place um, newer things. I also have a commission at... um, the National Theater in London that I have to finish. Oh, I love the National Theater. What's <laughs> I that? I love them. Um, so it's called Purple is the Color of Mourning. Mm. And it's about this Rondis woman whose past comes back to haunt her. Oh, she was one of those. 
Maybe, maybe not. Mm, I'm just guessing. I like to figure things out. I'm like, oh, <laughs> she must have been a perpetrator. Or didn't maybe I read about it, a perpetrator and a victim or something. Maybe mm, somebody's already maybe been talking about it. Yeah, I think about. somebody may be already talking yeah, about it. Yeah, so I have, I, I didn't have that commission for eight years. <laughs> Because I, I had sent them all the plays I had wrote, and they were like, we don't want to do none of the stuff you already got. Can you do something new? For I'm us. Like, for, we for us, because we want to be special. Thing. And I was like, fuck, you are special. So let me do it. And what about the theater that you're the artistic director for in Memphis? Oh, so it was more like an advisory thing that okay. was very short term. I was it. like, New York Times got that thing all kinds of wrong. Okay. <laughs> So, but so now I'm not really um, a part of it just because I, I'm creating so much and and to run a TV show and to run a theater is just impossible because I wasn't there. Right, like I was flipped between New York and Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, because that's where you're. Because yeah, P we P Valley was produced down there, but we do post up here and the writers' room is up here. Hurt Village was this extraordinarily play. Play is there even an archive of it? Did we even get to archive it? I don't. You know what? I think there is an archive of it. It was extraordinary. I remember audience members used to be like, it's just too much. And we're like, it's it's too 90 much. minutes. These people live this 24-7 and you can't yeah. sit with them for 90 minutes. It was minutes. fascinating. I'm talking to a producer about turning it into a movie. Okay. Yeah. Because I, it, it's interesting how- It could um, be a series. It could be a series. It totally could be a series. Yeah. All or even a people, mini series. You want to spend time with those people. You want to know where they going, what they yeah. doing. The Absolutely. neighbors upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> what Toy and Cornbread doing? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Totally. It could be a series. So many stories. I actually had pitched it as a series okay. for a while. I went, um, but you know, I think when I had pitched it, there was just a lot of people were looking for what I call these black aspirational stories. This yeah. is us. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so even in the premium space, there was kind of like, oh, that's a cool idea, but, you know, anything more aspirational? So that always kind of like was tinny on my ear. And so I was like, well, you're not the right place for it, or it's not the right time for it. Okay. So I need to either, you know, gather more, you know, whatever, fans or respect or whatever, you know, however you want to qualify respect. But... um yeah, I think in due time I'll be able to circle back to it, but I do feel as though it needs to be in a film or a, or TV format because, you know, the audience in American theater, you know, we know what it is. It tends to be, um, there's not a lot of us in the theater and there's not a lot of pole black folk in, in the theater coming to see shows. And so I think if it's in a format that's more easily accessible, like a TV show, the people that I'm writing for and about will see themselves. And I think um, the story will resonate more. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I want. I want, you know, people to see themselves. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mm-hmm. So I know you're going to make films because I've already seen Arkabutla. <laughs> Arkabutla. Mm-hmm. Ar- that was the name of that mm-hmm. lake. Yes, mm-hmm. it was a, a lake in Mississippi. Um, so I know you're going to do that. What else have you been dreaming up that is not even in the... Like it's just like a little little fire that like in one day I might run for president. <laughs> oh wow! It's funny. All of my kind of dreams are connected to creating stories. But you've created a lot of stories I and know. a lot of roles. I know. Probably as many as August Wilson created. I know, but just in different pockets. Yeah. Right. I would say I'm very interested in producing other people's work. I'm ready. You can produce me. Yeah. I'm, uh, that's, I think that is a natural extension of um, the Katori Hall experience right. um, where I see somebody who has great potential and I want to help them harness their power, their their creative potential, and to just be a, a sounding board because it's fucking hard out there. And Toni Morrison certainly did it. She brought up a whole mm-hmm. lot of black writers that nobody would have known about if she didn't, you know, editorially bring them into the world. Exactly. You know, we have. I, I mean, I think that that's an important piece for anyone. But midwifing the next generation mm-hmm. of voices and voices that haven't been heard, like for me, I'm still like, where are the older black women's stories? Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of older black women's stories. Yeah. You know. So I think that's that's probably the the next next chapter but i'm very grateful to have gone through this you know um baptism by fire (laughs) show running because i just learned so much about um just producing making the right choices um being on set and 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 crafting stories that um are have a lot of artistic integrity but still kind of connect to a lot of different types of people. It's a it's a tricky balance, but what would you say is the biggest difference for a writer in crafting your weekly um you've got I'm going to say three things, crafting your you know weekly episode mm-hmm. versus writing a play versus a musical because those are three very distinct <laughs> kinds of writing. <laughs> I think for TV, episodic TV, it's about relying way more on character. Okay. Because, like you were saying earlier, you want to spend time with the people. And so this whole thing of, you know, what what are they going to do or what's the plot, that doesn't always necessarily have to be at the forefront. You got to want to love the people, the family, the 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 crew, the you know, or the protagonist, whoever. Um, I think it, I think TV can be very character based, and you can pull story slowly, like very incrementally, just based off of who a person is, where they work, like who they living with. Mm-hmm. Um, which this is us, I think, is a, a perfect example. That show is gonna run forever because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's based off of a group of people, a family, not even a family, a family um, that you you you're rooting for. Um, a play, I think, is a combination of both where you have to think about character and plot equally because, you know, the container for the show may be two hours and maybe six hours. Um, but, you know, you there is an end. So you have to structure all everything around that. 
And with musicals, I mean, it's different because bio musicals are very different from, um, I guess, tra- I wouldn't say traditional musicals. I think bio musicals are kind of traditional musicals too, where you know you have songs that are written specifically for the show versus figuring out how to use um, uh, songs that were never written. You know, thinking that there was going to be a Broadway show, uh, right. you know, about this woman <laughs> done, figuring out how they can fit into the narrative and kind of um, reveal character or move the plot forward in some way. So I would say it, it's um, those even even within, you know, musical land, those two different um, ways of 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 writing, you know, they're completely different. Did you change lyrics or anything in Tina? We changed just a little bit. Just a little bit. It wasn't a ton. What was crazy was that even though she didn't write any of the songs, only one song, Mudbush, she always picked songs that were very reflective of what she was going through or how she was feeling or how she wanted to feel in terms of wanting to feel empowered. So oddly... It wasn't that much of a chore to figure out where the songs fit. Um, we were very uh, anachronistic in that we picked songs from the '80s and put them in the '60s. Like some people mad about that, but I'm like, I'm like, why y'all mad? Like, because what I found very interesting. Let's stay together. We put in the first act, you know, during the '60s. She ain't sing that song to the '80s, but y'all mad. See, you don't even know your history. Shut up. You know, I ain't got time for y'all. <laughs> So um, it was such an enjoyable experience. It was like one of the greatest collaborations of my life. Okay, tell us why Tina Turner. Come on, Tina Turner. I mean, she. I mean, number as Tina, (laughs) just just so gracious, and and I think it's because I'm very transparent. She very transparent. She a sister girl. You know, they invited me for dinner in, in Switzerland. And I was like, is the cook black? Because this meat is seasoned real well, Tina. <laughs> she was laughing. Like, she's just such a such a lovely person. And for someone to have gone through what she's gone through and to have so much light and love about her, just, you know, like, I want to be like that. But then I don't want to go through what she went through in order to achieve that level yeah. of zen. You know what I mean? Um, so... I was just very honored that I was even considered and then, you know, to be picked and given the opportunity to, you know, retell, reframe her story. Um, just it's it. And I can't believe how beautiful the process was. I was like, God, are you, is this happening? The fact that it was just, it, it, like I had a really hard birth with my first son and then my second son that was just like, ease about it mm. and there was just like this ease about this particular creative birthing experience what was hard about the first real birth childbirth that child was so ready to come out was just pounding on my cervix door okay. <laughs> just like i want to come out to the point where um he was forcing me to push and i wasn't dilated yet okay so and he's like that till this day like very impatient very high key very like now 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 um and like, Did you have a vaginal birth? I had a vaginal birth because, and the, there was this, I was gonna kill her. This nurse came in, she's like, "Quit bushing, or we're gonna force you to have a C-section." And I was like, "I'm trying." Yeah, it was really bad. And then my doctor came in, and she's she's this calm woman, just like, "We're not gonna give you a C-section, but you do need to stop pushing." <laughs> I was like, "Put my body." 
nobody wants to push. She's like, no, you got to control it. Don't push. You're not ready yet. You're not dilated. So it's a miracle to have had two vaginal births. Yeah. That's two. a miracle in this time when the they hospitals are looking for C-sections at 37 weeks because they have more control over it. They have more control. So that is a My miracle. My doctor, Dr. Ng and Dr. Elliston, um, they have this... Um, uh, office is called 1060 OBGYN. If any of you ladies are interested in checking them out, they are so anti C section and it is rare. And they it's work at a hospital, rare. Lenox Hill, which has a very high C section rate. Really? And Lenox Hill used to be the place where you could go for water births mm. and midwives used to be there 30 years ago when I was having kids. But yeah. wow. Yeah, it's shifted. Yeah, it's shifted. And so, I mean, I did, I was trying to do like natural, natural, like no epidural at all. And then um, I was like, no, give it to me. She was like, are you sure? Are you sure? I'm going to come back in 10 minutes. <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> but um, I, I ended up getting the epidural both times. Um, but, you know, vaginal births. I know. It's very rare. That's congratulations. Mm. I feel like when you birth a child, all the forces of the universe yeah. are flowing through you. And to deprive a woman of that disempowers her. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think I remember we talked about it um when I was pregnant. This, mm-hmm. this you know, just how empowering it's birth empowering. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I'm superwoman. Y'all can't tell me shit. It's true. I just been torn open twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's some that's some realness. That is some realness right there. Oh Lord. Oh my God. Do it's I have It is we are grateful that you mm-hmm. came. And uh, this is Tanya Pinkins, and I'm with Katori Hall on You Can't Say That on the Broadway Podcast Network. Thank you so much, Katori. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks for listening to You Can't Say That, the show where you can. I'm Tanya Pinkins. This is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Derek Gunther, music by Anthony Norman, available wherever you get your podcast. And visit me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and let me know what you'd like to hear me talk about. For more information, visit bpn.fm forward slash YCST. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.